Hello, welcome back to the Motocross Training Podcast. Joel Yunkins here bringing you another episode. And in today's episode, we are going to talk about basically a part two that was never intended to be a part two last week when I made the weight loss for motocross podcast last time. But because I think it's a serious topic to talk about, there's a lot of points that I gave you last week that I want to kind of retouch on, give you a few more points this week, because I realized that you know, between each topic and categories that we talk about, you know, you, you know, I want to make sure that you have enough info to solve a certain challenge that you may be facing and, you know, your own career and yourself. And that hopefully that you at least have one main takeaway from each episode that can help, you know, solve these problems and challenges that you're facing and at least just give you some better understanding over what these things are. So, Last episode, we covered a lot of stuff. And like I said, I'd like to do that. I want to give you a lot to chew on just for multiple, you know, different kind of categories within categories of the things that we talk about. So, again, for, you know, the first part, you know, I really I really wanted to touch on the fact that when it comes to weight loss, I want to talk about it as fat loss. High fat levels really do nothing for performance in athletics and especially in racing. There's really no added benefits to carrying extra body weight. You know, this is not, you know, sumo wrestling. That's like the one sport that sticks out to me where extra body weight will be really beneficial. But for almost everybody else, that's really not the case. And to be honest, when it comes to the scale, I really don't care too much what the scale says as long as your body composition is right. Because, you know, like people could probably gain five to 10 pounds and probably be in a better place. So the scale really isn't everything. We want to look more at body composition because muscle is your friend when it comes to racing. And, you know, we really talked about and, you know, if one thing I wanted you to take away last episode was the fact that you have to be in a caloric deficit to burn body fat. If you're not, you're not going to be able to burn the body fat levels the way that you would like. And that's why all diets worked for a short period and all diets create different types of caloric deficits for you. Um, I gave you some rules to follow when it comes to cutting body fat. I gave you a couple traps to avoid as well. Uh, traps that a lot of people fall into and think that's a real thing. I gave you two types of weight loss racers and kind of how to kind of problem solve those. The first one is the crap eaters. Those are the ones that eat crap. And that's why they put on the weight. The second one is the consistent dieter. This is the person that's always dieting, but still can't figure out how to diet down to really where they want to be. And they're stuck. Uh, This, this category here of, you know, individuals, this is really what provoked me to do a part two today. And we're going to touch on that here in a little bit. And also just gave you some more weight loss tips to help you actually initiate the weight loss in a safe way. And just some easy things that, you know, really get overlooked when people are cut it, are in the process of cutting weight. So for today, the part two, you know, I just wanted to give you some more details. I want to give you some more tools in your toolbox for weight loss. I want to just help keep you guys safe while you're cutting weight and just kind of cut the confusion out and just give you guys some more parameters and some more things to, to follow and, you know, better understanding of some things that we discussed last week as well. So, you know, 
there's a couple points that I want to drive home on this episode. And, you know, again, we're, we're talking, you know, a caloric deficit is how you're going to burn this body fat off. And, you know, this is eating less and moving more one or the other or combination. And in the last episode in part one, you know, I did say that it's better to add more activity than reducing calories, but both is usually best. And what I really meant by that is if you can actually get away with, you know, adding another day of riding, a little bit more training, if that's what you can use to help tip the scale, to help burn the body fat, then that is great. You know what I mean? Like, that's like the hierarchy of fat loss where, you know, this is the best of both worlds. You're still doing what you need to do to be a better athlete. So, you know, if you're riding twice a week, but you can add a third day a week to get you more seat time and get you to burn more calories, if that's what it's going to take to burn the calories just by doing that and then still actually keeping your calories, you know, without having to eliminate a ton of calories, then that's the best bet. I also, with being fair to this, is, you know, when it comes to training, you know, like you hear of fat loss workouts, a lot of these fat loss workouts really aren't that much superior to just training hard. And like, if you're just training hard, you're training hard and you're going to burn calories regardless. And you can only burn so many calories in a day training anyways, until you just, you're out of energy and your body just kind of like doesn't, that actually goes into the state of not being able to burn more calories than, than what your heart rate monitor might say, but that's kind of another conversation. But, you know, the simplest way to create the diet is the, the calorie deficit is through your diet. That's just going to be the easiest way to you for you to initiate that process is by eliminating some calories in your day. And, but so that's the simplest way. The best way is though, is to stay on track with your training, keep riding, keep training hard. Don't get sucked into, Hey, I got to do these fat loss type workouts because you know, this post on Instagram told me to do this and I'll burn all this body fat or I have to do this hit cardio because it burns way more, you know, body fat. You like forget all of the fat loss training stuff because that's not going to be superior to just real training and practicing on your bike. So stay the course of your training for your performance. Keep training hard. If you can write, if you can do a little bit more of training hard in the time of wanting to cut weight and that's, what's doing it to tip the scales to get you into that fat loss, you know, phase where you are losing, you know, body weight, then fantastic. If you need a little bit more help, then go to eating less because that's just going to be the easiest way to start dropping them calories. Another thing I want to talk about today that we didn't touch on last time, you know, you may be asking, Joel, how lean do I have to get to be considered lean for racing? And this is really subjective and it's going to come down to the individual of how you feel and the lifestyle you want to maintain. But I am going to give you a couple of different like little ranges here. And for males, Ideally, 8 to 12% body fat is probably going to be pretty good for athletic performance and leanness. Any less than 8%, you know, you're probably going to be on a pretty strict diet. You know, if you're under 8 and, you know, and you feel good and you eat a lot, then you have really just good genetics or you're just really lean person. But 8 to 12 is good. If you start getting above 12, you know, you're probably going to start putting on some body fat levels that aren't going to help you at all. And then for females, if you're around 
you know, don't go really too below 18%. Um, that should be a great place for you as well. And there's really not really a broad range there, but I would say 18% seems to be a good spot for female athletes. And so, yeah, that's if you're getting your body levels, you know, checked, depending on whether you're getting calipers or the best way is really just, you know, you know, DEXA scans are expensive. If you have access to them, there's bod pods that, you know, are hard to find. But if you have access to them, those are great. And so that's if you're checking your body fat levels. But again, you kind of just, you know, like grab your skin, grab to see where, you know, check your belly button, kind of feel where if there's a lot of extra body fat, if it's jiggling, if it jiggles, then, you know, try to cut that down a little bit. And so, yeah, those are those two points I really want to just drive home on this part, too, is, you know, the whole aspect of, you know, reducing your calories. There's two ways to kind of do it. And there's two ways, but they're also a combination of each. And then, you know, kind of I want to give you a range of body fat levels of where you should be if you're someone that has access to body fat level testing. And then again, today. You know, the point of me really giving you this part two was the idea of consistent dieters. And this isn't something that just happens in everyday people that diet. I see a lot of racers fall into this trap as well. I've had racers come to me that are pro level racers and, you know, they were on low carb diets doing, you know, keto diets, thinking that was the best way because they did their own research. To me, this is nothing new. I've had to help, you know, get people's mindsets out of like, Hey, like, you know, like we got to stop this dieting stuff and we just got to start eating and training because athletes eat and they train. So what I do want to paint this picture of is, and make this point really clear is that, you know, if you're following like calorie equations, so like there's the Harris Benedict, which is a really good equation there's certain other numbers where you could just kind of like take your body weight and multiply by certain numbers, give you ranges and things like that. Those, those are all great indicators, but they can be skewed if like you're someone that's always been dieting because, you know, like for the person that's been dieting for a long time and they're, they feel like, you know, someone's like, Oh, my metabolism's broke. Like I just can't burn any more body fat. Your metabolism actually isn't really broke. It's actually working because like if you keep dropping calories, you're going to keep creating a new maintenance level because your body's going to adjust to the different, the lower levels of calories that you're giving it. And it's going to slow your metabolism down. So it's not broke, but it's actually doing its job to keep you alive. So for example, like if you're somebody that is following like an intermittent fasting plan and intermittent fasting can work really good especially in the first time because you're reducing the windows of eating and you're bringing in less calories but a lot of times people get really excited like intermittent fasting is like a kind of its own little like subculture of people that just like live and die by it and some people fall into the trap of yeah i'm gonna do that because i want to get lean and they do get lean but they never like they just keep fasting more and more and more because their levels of calories they're bringing in keeps dropping. So what happens is say you think your previous maintenance calories was 2,500 calories a day. That's what you eat to maintain your body weight. 
But then you just keep fasting and then you're bringing in 1500 calories a day. And then your body adjusts to it and you can't lose weight because, you know, you have to eat less than that. So why this is a problem is one is you want to have an ability to bring in more calories to utilize to train harder, train more and recover faster. If you're intaking less calories, it's going to be harder for you to do this. So that's a problem because think of like your gas tank on your bike. It's like if you keep giving it less calories, it's like shrinking your gas tank and you can only ride motos. You know, your 30 minute moto is going to turn into a 15 minute moto because you're going to run out of gas in your bike. Same thing with your body. We don't want to have a small gas tank. So, you know, so and last time, you know, I told you that if you're in this phase of you feel like you're always on different diets and you're always trying to like figure out how to like be on these diets to to get lean, but you're just struggling and spinning your wheels. You know, this is the time where I tell you as a coach, like, hey, it's might be time to stop dieting for a little bit. Let's just like give it, you know, three months to a year of just getting back to normal eating and just eating for performance, eating for health and just trying to drive the calories back up so that you can actually provide fuel for your body. Um, you know, this type of person is let's, you know, let's get out of this phase of constant dieting and being stressed about it. Like, let's just go back to eating and kind of just hit the restart button all over again. And that's really what I said this in the episode before, but I want to say it in a way now for sure that, you know, like it's okay. Like if you're like stressed out over this, like just hit the restart button and just get back to the basics, you know, eat multiple meals a day eat lean protein, eat healthy carbs, eat your fruits and vegetables, drink water, get back to the basics of it, and then restart over again. Like, it's okay. All right. I just, I'm going to say that because the last thing I want to do is see you stressed over which diet you should follow next and why you think your metabolism's broke and, and, and seeing, you know, a certain level of frustration and people building a terrible relationship with food in general. You know, let's just, let's get away from that and let's get you back to just being an athlete and eating and training so that you can be the racer that you know you can be. So I really hope that, you know, and I'm not, I'm not trying to bash on intermittent fasting. I actually think it's a unique tool that you could use for a short period. Just hit, get into that caloric deficit for you know a month or two, a couple months but, you know, most people just try to live there for too long and they just use it as this lifestyle to stay lean. But they don't realize, like, in the long term, it's great for short, short-term progress. But in the long term, you're just creating problems for yourself down the road. You know, it's always best to be able to handle higher levels of calories than it is to handle lower levels of calories. Because if you can, like, if you had the option, if I was, you know... If I was able to possess some magic on you and say, hey, would you rather be able to eat 4,000 calories a day for maintenance levels versus, you know, 1,200 calories for maintenance? Which one would you take? I would take the 4,000 any day because that means I could eat a lot of more, <laughs> a lot more food and not gain weight compared to if you're only eating 1,200 so that's kind of like the extreme picture I'm painting, but that's sort of reality of what people do when they're always dieting. And that's why people say diets don't work because you create these environments that, you know, cause a lot of problems in the long run. And that's why people will lose weight and then you see them gain the weight right back. So that's why I really just try to preach, you know, be smart about it. 
get lean and then stay lean. Just focus on training hard, eating good. And in that environment, you can still have some balance. You can enjoy some ice cream or pizza or beer here and there in moderation because you're lean and your body can handle it. So that's it for today on this episode. Hopefully we covered this enough and, you know, hopefully you got enough out of this, these two episodes that we can kind of leave this conversation in the past and we can move forward on different topics. So for example, next episode, next week, my goal is to provide an episode that is plyometrics for motocross. I want to talk about really what is plyometrics, why it's even good for moto, and then my two favorite plyo exercises for motocross athletes. So be on the lookout for that episode. Um, I'm really excited about it. And I think you're going to learn some cool stuff, some unique stuff, and see how this can all help you. And they'll kind of make, you know, some put some new tools in the toolbox. So until then, stay safe. See you later. And yeah, talk soon.